Luke chapter 2 verse 11 is where I want to turn our attention to for the next couple of minutes as we gather our thoughts. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says, Today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. John chapter 3 verse 16 is a classic Christmas message for everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him shall not, what's the word? Perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. The message of Christmas is Christ was born for you and me. 2,000 years ago, Father God decided that in the perfection of time that Christ be introduced in a world filled with darkness. Christ, God's answer to the world filled with darkness is that the eminence of his light will radiate in the world. God's answer to the world filled with questions about life is to introduce the very author of life, the name Jesus. Bible helps us to understand in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above Every other name. That the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth. Under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that. Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God. The Father. Today I want to talk to my church about Christmas unwrap. Jesus is king of the world. You know as the world was expecting, the Jewish people were expecting their king to be born in a palace. Jesus chose to be born in a manger. Out in the vicinity, out of the vicinity of everybody. Out from the celebration of everybody. Today we, are, uh, we have so many artifacts. We have so many things to deny the birthday of Jesus. We gather together. We have celebrations. We have carols. Back in the day, there were no carols singing. There were nobody to sing except for some shepherds and the angels who came together to sing and the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ but today let's look and pause that the savior of the world the king of the universe chose to be born in a manger out from the vicinity of everybody but nobody was looking or paying attention to so that you and me we can have a life of significance he chose to be insignificant so that you can have significance through him. He chose to humble himself so that he can lift you up in due time and due season. Listen to what Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says. Today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. It doesn't say December 24th or 25th. It doesn't say the date or time, whatever. But I believe whenever a sinner accepts the Lord as a personal savior, that's the day Christ is born in their life. Are you with me? church whenever we have an opportunity to introduce the birth of Jesus in the life of a non-believer and they accept the radiance of his grace to shine in their pathetic dark life that day they can start celebrating Christmas why because Christ was born in their life today in the city of David there has been born for you a savior who is the Christ, who is the Lord, who is Christ the Lord. The word Lord in Greek means uh, 
kurios. Okay, today I have to be very careful in the words that I use. And I want to honor a person in this room that has been very influential in my life, right? If you don't know, Dr. A.C. George is in the house. Can we put our hands together for Dr. A.C. George? He's my, he's, he was my professor. Pastor, would you please stand up? Can I just ask you to stand up so that everybody can see you? Dr. A.C., can we put our hands together once again? I'm so careful in the way that I'm going to preach today in my theology. You know why? Because he was my New Testament professor back in my school. So I'm so happy and delighted. Ten years ago, he solemnized, he officiated an issue in my wedding. And today, I'm so honored to have him with us as well. But listen, the word Lord means kurios. And that's where you see kuriakos has come through. The word kurios means the Lord. So in other words, when Bible helps us to understand here that for you in your life, in your pathetic situation, somebody who is the Lord of your life has been born. Who is the Lord? Lord is somebody who takes control over your life. When the British occupied India, they had lords who would come and control certain territorial areas why because these people were kings in charge princes or rulers in charge of those space bible helps us to understand today in the land of david in the city of david there has been born a savior somebody who can save you who is a savior someone who can save you he is christ the lord he is the lord of our life so no matter where you are today in life's journey Always make sure to understand Jesus should be the Lord of your life. What does it mean? He should be the Lord of our thoughts. He should be the Lord of our actions, our deeds. He should be the Lord over everything in my life. See, he cannot be just the Lord when you come to church and he doesn't be your Lord when you walk into your home. No, he is the Lord of all in all spaces, no matter where you are. It doesn't Lordship of Jesus does not change according to space or time. Are you with me, church? Can I hear an amen? amen? The Lordship of Jesus does not change because of geographic political status. The Lordship of Jesus does not change because the Democrats or the Republicans are on power. The Lordship of Jesus does not change because XYZ decided that his reign has to be supreme. No, he is the Lord of all for all ages from eternity to eternity. Jesus Christ is the King and he is the Lord of our life. That's the message of Christmas. But when we gather together in this space, we have to understand that in the land of David, a king was born, a Messiah was born, a savior was given, who is the Lord of our life. He is either the Lord of all or he is not the Lord at all. Let that thought just sink in. He's either the Lord of all. He should be the Lord of my family. The Lordship of Jesus is that he is the ruler over my thoughts, my ambition, my goals, my family, my ministry, my business, my education, my relationship, everything. He is the Lord over my life. In a, in a culture where, in, in a culture in America today where everybody wants to live in a very independent life where we don't want to be under the ruler, the rule of anybody else. We don't like to have any authoritative figure voice above us understand this the way the scriptures have been governed for us is that we come under the lordship of jesus the chief shepherd of our life are you with me now pause therefore understanding those words he is the chief shepherd of our life he is the lord over our life 
I pray the next time we decide to do something, always understand, does my God, my Lord allow me to do that? When I do something with my family or even when I'm all by myself, does my Lord allow me to do that? Because I have accepted the Lord as my personal Savior. I'm under the grace of our Almighty God. Does He allow me to do it? That thought should liberate us from any clutches of the enemy. Listen to this very carefully. In an old town, once there was an Amaji, an old woman who wanted to, who liked to pray out loud all the time. She prays loud all the time. So she used to walk outside of our door, stand in the balcony, and she would pray loud. Right next to her was an atheist. And he was so annoyed listening to this old woman's prayer all the time. She would open up the door. She doesn't care about people. She would open up the door. She goes out. She stands there. She prays, God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the blessings I have received. I want to thank you. So in her prayer, in her worship, she would always out loud in public, she would say, God, I want to thank you that you are the Lord of my life, that you govern my life, that all blessings in my life are from you. And the atheist, he didn't like it. He was always trying to find a reason to accuse or put her down, letting her know that there is no God, there is no reason for you to be thankful for. So after many months, this lady continued to do the prayer. And one day, she was in great need and despair. She walked outside our house like every other day. She would come outside. She looked to the heaven and she said, God, I thank you for today. I don't have groceries today. I don't have enough for this week. But still, I want to thank you for blessing me Today, guess what? The atheist here heard that. He heard that and he decided to come and leave a bag full of groceries on her doorstep. Now, here's a cat. He decided to do that and he came. He dropped off a bag full of groceries for her. The old woman walked outside and she saw a bag full of groceries and immediately, guess what she did? She said, God, I thank you for the supernatural intervention in my life that you have blessed me with these groceries, not just for a day, but for the whole month. You're good. God, I love you. The atheist was looking for an opportunity to come and accuse. He ran out. He came. He talked, started talking to this lady. And he said, woman, did you know that it was not God, but I gave you this. I gave you this. To this, the lady looked at God once again and said, God, thank you so much that you heard my prayer today and you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> Let the thought sink in. Some of you are still slowly waking up. <laughs> you know, in the world when Jesus is given to us, Listen to this very carefully. In a world filled with agony and pain, the answer to the world is Jesus Christ. The gift for humanity is Jesus Christ. The gift in the despair situation is Jesus himself. So today as we gather here, as we pause and we look into our life, we can ask the Lord, Lord, are you really the author of my life? The Lord over my life. Brothers and sisters, if you allow Jesus to be your Lord, he's the best navigation system ever made. He will never go make you go wander. Though he may take you through wilderness, though he may take you through moments of pain and silence when nobody is around you, but in those seasons, he's preparing you. Listen, God's promises are always in the midst of your impossibilities.
Whatever seems impossible, his promises stand strong. It doesn't need who supports you. It doesn't matter who is with you. It doesn't matter how many connections you have. But what matters the most is if God has made a promise in your life, he is going to do it no matter what. Can I hear an amen? Are there people in this room, you have received the promises of God in your life. The greatest promise ever is the word of God. As you read the word of God, the word of God is the greatest promise that has ever been given. But I declare in this room, if God has ever made a promise with you, his promises does not change because people hate you. It doesn't matter who hates you. Their opinion does not matter how God decides to bless your life and your family. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. God is a God of promise when he says he's going to do something he just does it it does not change how amazing is God's promises when they are meant to be generational in your life he chose Abraham and blessed Abraham so that through Abraham his blessings can be in all the generations wherever they are spread out and today I believe that in this room God has called some of our parents in this room God has called you in this room your blessings and your promises are not just stuck with you but they they are generational and I believe in the mighty name of Jesus today as parents in this room you will see the blessings of God over your children and your children's children will also stand for the glory of the soon coming king his promises are always generational because he is the Lord over your life and he will be he will be if you allow the Lord of the generations to come so here's the catch as a family if you want the promises of God to be generational, like as husband and wife, you see, you see the grace of God in your life and you want your children to experience that, teach them the word of God. That's my message here at church. Teach our children the word of God. I pray that they will keep the word of God close to their heart and they will never leave to the right or to the left apart from it teach our young people the word of God teach our families the word of God and I pray that our parents seated in this room teach our little ones the word of God if there is something that you can give it to our next generation it is the grace of Jesus Christ that is alive through this word that comes alive even after 2,000 years thousands of years may go by but the word of God remains strong forever for generation to generation his promises are always yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. See, the promises of God always comes in midst of our impossibilities. A virgin giving birth, impossibility. A virgin conceiving, it's impossibility. But God says, no, 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 no. What the world decides to be impossible, I'm going to show and throw my grace over that. Impossible becomes possible the moment you introduce Christ into that. He is the changing equation in any chemical organic industry that you will work with. He is the changing equation in every platform, no matter where you are. When the moment you introduce Christ to it, Things has to change.
meeting, when you allow Jesus to walk in with you to your business meetings, through your relationships, wherever you go through, I declare in Jesus' name, with the moment you walk in, things in the room recognize the anointing and the power that is within you. Why? Because you have accepted the Lord as your personal Savior. You don't walk by yourself, but you walk with the entourage of heaven leading you and giving you victory in those spaces. And I declare that in this room today, as you continue to take the name of Jesus in all given platforms, he will give you victory because he is King Jesus Almighty. Hallelujah. Never think you are alone. Never think you don't have anybody. Never think you're lonely. Never think that, oh, that person has a boyfriend. I don't have nobody. I dress up, but nobody looks at me. No, Jesus loves you. That's the greatest gift you need in this season, maybe in your life. Everybody's getting married. When am I going to get married? You will. But make sure that you understand your time with Jesus. Let him be the Lord of my life. Are you with me? Can I hear an amen from all my single people today? <laughs> Some of you are smiling. <laughs> He's the Lord of my life. Let him lead me. Let him take control of my life. Even though I go through the wilderness, I will not be afraid. Though I go through fiery furnace, that will not shake me. Though I go through the deepest waters, it will not shake me. Because my God is holding my right hand and he's leading me. That's the assurance of Christmas for us. Baby boy, Jesus was born so that you and me can live a life in the fullest. He died so that you and me can live a life of fullest. The promises of God are always in the midst of your impossibilities. What is your impossibility today? Believe for a miracle right now. And I declare the birth of the Savior was not just in vain. Not just for us to celebrate on a Christmas day here with trees and gifts. But it is so that your life will see the eminence of his glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That reminds me of another story in the Bible. You know, Jesus was taking a stroll. He was walking to another place. And that's when you say, somebody comes and tells Jesus, you know what, Jairus' daughter was about to die. But now she is dead. They come to Jesus. They come to Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? What did Jesus say? She's not dead, but she is sleeping. And everybody look at Jesus. Hey, you know what, Jesus? We've been alive for such a long time. The older parents, they would say, Jesus, you're just 30 years old. What do you know about life and death? We know about life and death. He is, she is dead. She's not sleeping. She is dead, dead. Like there's no pulse. No matter what you try to do, she is not alive at all. She is dead. Jesus looked at her. And she said, Jesus said, no, she's just sleeping. She's just sleeping. Where are the right moment to resurrect her back alive? In the midst of your impossibilities, the Savior is born. In the midst of what seems to be no, a Savior is born. I declare in this room, may there be business leaders who rise up. That everybody said, you can't do it. No, you're going to show the world that what Jesus can do with you. Impossible is nothing when you partner with the God of all the universe. Impossible is nothing when you start partnering with a God who leads our ways. And I believe the season of Christmas that the Savior be born in you. Point number two, that the Savior be born through you in somebody's life. Number one. 
May the Savior, the Lord, be born in you. Number two, may the Savior be born through you in somebody's life. He's already born. But the greatest gift that you can give to somebody this season, a never perishable gift, is Jesus himself. He is the hope of glory, the soon coming king. To my church here, if you're here for the very first time, if you come from a different faith background, I know there are some people who speak only Spanish in this room. I wish we had a translator here, but soon maybe. But uh, listen to this very carefully. Understand it. Jesus came as a baby in the manger 2,000 years ago. He is going to fulfill all the other promises of his return, and he is coming back soon for his church. So here's the understanding that we must have as a Bible-believing church. If he came in the first place, he's going to come back again for you and me. Who is he coming back for? A person who is born again, Bible-believing, baptized, one with the Lord, walks in the ways of the Lord, walks a holy, blemished life in the Lord for the New Testament church, is coming back again that's why you and me we have been roped with the ropes of righteousness salvation all around us why because he is coming back for us so never miss the mark in the season of christmas just receiving the presence no he should be the lord that leads you to believe he is coming back again for you a king should always have his domain which is his kingdom. Are you with me? A king must have his domain that is his kingdom. A king without a kingdom is not a king at all. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? A king, what's the word? A king without a king is not a king. A king without a kingdom is not a king at all. British Empire wanted to rule the world. So what they do? They went sending out their people, occupying lands and spaces everywhere. And that's what we see even today. When people want to rule over something, they send out their military, they send out their nukes, and they start to subdue people and bring them under their leadership and rulership and trot being dictators over them. Jesus Christ is not a dictator. He needs our heart where we accept him as our personal savior. He should be our Lord. See, that's the difference between Jesus and many kings around the world. He never forces himself into anybody's life. Are you with me, church? He never forces his thoughts into anybody's life. I cannot convert anybody, but people can be led to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. When people understand the value of a relationship with Lord that changes everything about them. A king is of no value if he does not have a kingdom. Jesus' greatest treasure and value is you and your heart. Listen to this very carefully. Jesus' greatest value is you and your heart's decision to follow him. He's not forcing himself. He's asking, I'm standing at the door, knocking at the door. I'm standing by the door, knocking at the door. Will you open it so that I can walk in, so that I can be the Lord of your life? Are you with me, church? So that I can be the Lord over everything that you do. Once a king 
comes over and takes up the empire, takes up the kingdom, everything that the king wants will continue to happen in the kingdom. When the Lord Jesus comes to your heart, better live the way God wants us to. You cannot serve other kings and serve King Jesus. You can always and only have one king in your life. His name must be Jesus. He is either the Lord of your life or he is not Lord at all. He is Lord of all your life or he is not the Lord at all. Can I have the worship team with me? Brothers and sisters gathered in this room, as we pause to understand the Christmas message for us, what has been unwrapped for us is the gift of salvation, the Lordship of Jesus that has been given. He is King Jesus so that when we put our trust in him, no matter what impossibilities you were in, he begins to change it. I don't know what your circumstances here today, but I believe something supernatural is going to happen. I don't know what you've gathered here, what your thoughts have been, you know, what struggle you're going through in your house, like the old woman who kept praising God in every situation. I believe in the midst of your impossibilities, God is going to change things around for you. This Christmas season, as we pause to look in the presence of God, we can always say, God, I am thankful that you are the Lord of my life. Yesterday evening at our service, we had somebody who came and they said, Pastor Justin, this was our service and talking to my church, Pastor Justin, I want to take baptism. They attended our service and they said, Pastor Justin, I want to take baptism. And I said, we are going to do a baptism service in the month of January. See, this is why we do what we do. This is what we are called to do. To share the words of Jesus in a world that needs Jesus. This world does not need another political leader. This world does not need another agenda. This world needs Jesus. And I pray, young people listening to me, you are the light of the world. God will shed his light through you in places of influence where God is going to take you. People in this room, let me prophesy over your life today. Over our young people in this room, may the Lord lift you up in places of influence where your voice is heard because you represent a king, a Lord that governs you. How many parents agree with me today? May the Lord lift you up in seasons and places in Jesus' name where you will be a voice of hope and influence in places where God will send you so the systems around the world will change because a Jesus lover, a Jesus follower is getting to walk into those spaces. Hallelujah. I am so fired up. Can we all rise up in God's house today? Can we all rise up in his presence? As we bring our thoughts together with our Christmas message, my brothers and sisters, that he is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. This Christmas season, our message to our church today is, with all our families joining in here, no matter what language you speak, I see this as an international church. There are people here from all different spaces and walks of your life and speak different languages, tuning in online from whatever space it is. Listen to this very, very carefully. May he be the Lord of your life today. If you're already a Bible-believing, born-again believer, make it a commitment today. If you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, receive him in your heart today. If you're listening to me very first time, listen to this very carefully. He is Lord of all, or he is not Lord 
at all. Let the birth of Jesus reveal the true nature and the sinful nature of our life. And the birth of Jesus lead us into salvation. Brothers, any impossibility, he can change it. I believe today God is changing situations around. Every eye closed and looking to Jesus right now. I pray that today we're going to receive the greatest salvation ever been given. The greatest gift that ever been given. And today we believe that in and through Jesus Christ, we will always declare Him to be our Lord. No matter where I go, I will always declare Him to be my God.